Welcome to No Budget Dreams. I'm Kelsey Nicole. If this is your first time with us, welcome aboard. Uh, no Budget Dream is when you have that perfect pitch for a movie or a comic or a franchise of some kind and money and intellectual property are no object to pitch this. So everyone I know has one of these. Everyone has their version of something that they would create if they could. And so it's just a place to talk about it and have some fun conversations around it and kind of get you thinking about things that you enjoy. Everyone I know likes something different, so it's fun to kind of bring on a different point of view than I would have thought of or a different story that I would love to read but wouldn't have thought I'd enjoy it. If you didn't listen to episode one, that's okay. None of these are going to be connected in any way. We may reference some stuff because a lot of my friends know my friends, so it's totally up to you if you want to skip around. You're not required to listen to them all through. There's no continuing thread. If we discuss something that's currently happening in a movie franchise or comics or something that may involve spoilers, I will do my best to tag them so that if you are not caught up on anything or if you are trade waiting or if you are avoiding trailers so that you don't have any spoilers for the next Marvel or DC movie that's coming out, I accept that and I will try my best to make sure that we don't ruin it for you. So I am going to bring on my guest for this week. Uh, her name is Chris McKenzie. She is a writer and a cartoonist and is working on her original graphic novel. She's also an editor for Ladies Night Anthology. Uh, Ladies Night Anthology started in 2013 and they have published an anthology every year featuring dozens of women from all around the world. It is a collection of stories based around a central theme. Their most recent one was their fifth volume, Sisters, and that is available for sale. Chris and I actually met at Ladies Night at Graham Crackers Comics, which is uh, where the anthology comes from. It was founded in 2012 by a young woman named Hannah K. Chapman, and we meet the first Wednesday of every month in the, at the Graham Crackers Comics in the Chicago South Loop. So if you live in the area and you're a lady or non-binary and you would like to come and talk about comics in a safe space with a great group of people, uh, please come out and join us. It is 6 p.m. the first Wednesday of every month. So I'm going to go ahead and bring on Chris. I will also post some links to the anthology page so that if you'd like to purchase any of their work, please do so. There's some great girls and there's some great content and uh, Chris is an editor and it's a wonderful, wonderful group of people. Uh, so here's some music and then I'll be back with Chris McKenzie. Hello. 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 How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good. The cats are in rare form tonight, so apologies oh, if I yeah. have to pause and say shut up. That's okay. That's no problem. <laughs> if I do just spontaneously yell shut up, it's not at you. <laughs> <laughs> it might, might be at me. We never know. <laughs> never. I would never tell you to shut up. Only sometimes. Okay. So I'm ready for some of your hot takes, and I figured I'd try it a little differently. Uh, so I have some ideas of what your 
no budget dreams are. Right. So, uh, your perfect Venom scenario. Okay. So, I feel like um, before we get into this, like, we should come clean. um, And I should admit, this is, like, our third time trying to tape this. Uh, because last night when we tried, I came home and my power was out and I turned into the world's grumpiest baby. Um, (laughs) and I spent the first two times, uh, uh, like saying really mean, hateful, hate in my heart things about the Donny Cates, uh, current run of Venom, which was not, that's, that's just, I, uh, I don't like how I was represented, um, and I appreciate you coming back so that I could say less hateful things. The hate is hey. still in my heart, but uh, I mean, you—you're the one who's coming clean. I was just gonna I leave just, it and pretend no, like this I was the first like time in front of uh, of God and Lord, everybody, the Lord God and my dog Peaches. I feel like it's it, it disingenuous for me to talk about my perfect Venom comic without first prefacing um, the hate in my heart for the current Venom comic. Um, That's fair. That I mean, I you know I think that in in any um, comic there are there are things there's always something to love about something I think sometimes there Um, and so if you're reading the current current Venom comic um, you know more power to you I hope that you are enjoying it it's been getting really great reviews um, and is like like on several lists of like the best things out in the market right now which is just you know. It takes all kinds, I think. Hey. And so um, for anybody who's not reading the current Venom comic, um, it is like taking place after Venom, who has for a really long time been attached to Flash Thompson, Peter Parker's high school bully, um, recently and tragically, hashtag spoiler alert, um, passed away in the most recent in Spider-Man 800. And so now the symbiote is back. Back with, yeah, R.I.P., back with old, old Eddie Brock, where it belongs, and they're just having a heck of a time. Um, and Venom wakes up at night in the middle of a thunderstorm, and he's having this scary dream about this monster. It's like Beowulf in ye olden times. And Eddie Brock asks, what's wrong? You know, what's what's happening? And, and he's like, we saw God. Um, and then the rest of the comic proceeds to um, unravel for us that symbiotes are not, in fact, just like space creatures that evolved from over time. They were actually created from a space sword drawn from the ephemeral abyss by uh, a horrifying, emaciated vampire man named Null, uh, god of symbiotes. Um, is it because, is it like K-N-U-L-L oh, or is yeah. it N-U-L-L-L? Because if it's like N-U-L-L, it's like, yo, no, get it? Because I pulled life from nothing. No, it's definitely like hard 90s K-N-U-L-L. And like maybe the whole thing is just supposed to be like kind of like a 90s send up. Maybe there's, you know, maybe I'm not giving it enough like credit for satire, but it just seems super, it's like inked really darkly and seems super serious for a comic about um, like sad blade. Like, I don't know, it's just very, very unfortunate. Well, I mean... Um, in in fairness, I mean, Iron Man seems to be going the same direction, so I'm not, like, I'm not surprised that all of a sudden they're like, hey, remember the 90s? It's not, yeah, so it, so that to me, um, my, my no-budget dream is a Venom comic where Venom just gets to be a scary John Carpenter monster, and I feel like they're, like, like, I was pretty stoked to pick up the new Venom title because, like, Mar- like it, it felt like it could potentially be a fresh slate. I've not always been the biggest fan of the direction that, like, 
the like after lethal protector ended and they kind of just went into the singular like venom title and it's like him as agent venom or it's him as agent venom in space or him being venom what like all the kind of things that marvel usually tries to do to a temple character and they try to do to venom is not really my cup of tea. I understand kind of like where they come from and the fact that it's like you can't have the same character doing the same stuff and still sell comics for 40 years um, or however long. I mean, I guess Venom's probably not really a 40-year-old character, but a long enough time. Um, And like, so like I get it, but also like space vampires, man, just like, (laughs) it's just rough. And so I feel like for me, like, a, a Venom comic for me is, like, just, like, I want it to be grody and gross and nasty. So, like, my my pitch for um, a Venom comic is, like, I want, like, a hard John Carpenter. Like, I want him to be the monster from The Thing. I want there to be, like, some, like, I want you to be able to, to hear the synth music when you open this comic. And I want it to be an actual horror comic, which, like, Marvel never actually sticks to. Um, their most recent Carnage is pretty spooky. But, like, it's not, it's not, like, I want, like, horror. Like, I want Mary Jane Watson is, like, a true final girl. Um, I want him to murder some teens in a lake house. Like, I just want Venom (laughs) to have consequences, I feel like. (laughs) Venom slash Michael Myers. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, right, like, because I feel like, like, I don't know, like, I feel like the other problem with Null is, like, like, and Marvel does this a lot, we've talked about this, we're, like, they have a really bad habit of being like the thing that the monster of the week is always has to be like the biggest, scariest monster ever. And I mean, that's a pretty common, I feel like comic thing. Cause again, like if you have a, a series that happens for 80 years or whatever, like everything has to be the scariest thing or it gets boring. And it's kind of like the warp thing on next gen where like anytime they had to show that something was like really big and scary, it just had to like knock out warp. And that's how you knew like, oh man, this is the big thing. And I feel like Venom gets that a lot where it's like, you just got to beat up Venom once. And I don't want that. Like I 100% want like superhuman Michael Myers where he's like getting set on fire and like walking at like a normal pace and like nothing kills him. I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. I think that Venom is a body horror book. Like I think that it's so lame that Marvel cops out with it so much. Like, okay, so, like, the Tom Hardy Venom movie, I was, like, so excited when I heard that it was going to be R-rated and it was going to be a quote-unquote horror film. Um, I really like scary movies. I don't have a huge stomach for a lot of them, but the ones that, you know, I can watch, I really like it. I think that horror as a genre is, like, it's, like, such a cool thing, and I feel like if you can, it, it's, it's one of the hardest genres to pull off well. And, like, Literally, venom is like a, a, a the thing. It's the thing. It gets in your mouth. It crawls up your butt, and then gets in your mouth, and then you're venom. Like it's like <laughs> in the Arctic. One hundred percent. Still of the, the time. still the title. Still the title. And um, I just, I absolutely want that. And I feel like I like I was so excited for the the Tom Hardy venom. And I know that Tom Hardy is not your guy, but I was like, he's like a pretty good Eddie Brock because he's just seems kind of like a, a cheese bag. Like it's not that it's not that I have problems with Tom Hardy as a person. Like I, I he seems like he's an adorable, wonderful man. Um because he loves his dog so much. I just I can't take him seriously because when he because his voice is so nasally and so high. I don't and think that's 
true. I feel like this is when you were like, Chris Pine has a lazy eye. and it, like, But Chris Pine split. did have a lazy eye. I just don't think Tom Hardy sounds that horrible. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's not, I don't think he sounds horrible. I just think for me, it's very, it just puts me off. Like, there's something about hearing him talk where it's like, I want him to have, like, I, you know, being very shitty in gender roles about it. I just want him to have a more masculine sounding voice. And he just isn't for me. I loved him in uh, Fury Road because he barely said a word. <laughs> I think he, I mean, I think he's really good Eddie Brock casting. Like, that's fine. I'm not saying he's off. not a good Eddie Brock. I just don't enjoy watching him. Well, I was really stoked for it to be a horror movie. And then the first trailer dropped and I was so upset because it's, it's not a scary movie. Like, I'm sorry. If, if your scary movie is just like a white man gets possessed by something, like a white, already very buff man gets possessed and then now has the power to murder people, like that's not a horror movie. That's at just all. men. It's just, just men. <laughs> that's like, it's that's just that's a man in 2018. Let's just right. be real. He doesn't. <laughs> that's like, like oh my god, like it's it's just not at something scary. Like there's no there's no absence of agency in that movie. I mean, and you can he doesn't have control over his body but it's like yeah but he also kind of digs killing people like yeah. I don't know I feel like it's not it's not my cup of joe and I just would really really love like a true monster movie um where where we get like an actual scary venom to that and I feel like there's a lot of things you could do like I also just like really love 80s Spider-Man comics so I feel like something that has the aesthetic of those comics where like everyone's running around and they're like bomber jackets and like bright yellow like balloon pants and like MJ has a sweatband on and is doing aerobics and has that insane hair like crazy hair like she'd be such a good final girl um and so like I really want like I want that I want that so bad um and I would take it as a comic I would take it as a movie I would take it as an audiobook just someone like I want disaster piece um the guy the the person who wrote all of the music for it follows like he can do it and he can do the music for it like hard heavy synth like I want it with every fiber of my being and I'm so upset that I have to watch Tom Hardy just like get thrown around by I also like can we talk for a second about the fact that the symbiote is talking to him as like a giant man like what yeah it makes me so mad because I think that Venom as a property is like one of Marvel's coolest like most unique things and characters that's obviously why he's like such a temple character for them because like it's great that like the idea of like this thing that like crawls inside of you and just makes you the worst version of yourself is fantastic and it's like it's so cool it's like a creature that like eats eats your emotions basically like it, it eats adrenaline it makes you like it's you to the 10th degree it makes um, you dance in coffee shops and do 32 pelvic thrusts it does all of those pelvic thrusts like I love that and I really wish that they did more with that and it, so I, that's what like the Donny Cates Venom um they kind of like again they walk <laughs> back this idea that it's like this highly evolved species and it's more like they were created from this space vampire and so I just really want something that acknowledges like like, Alien is one of the most perfect horror movies ever made. Like, give me that. I thought it was going to be, like, Tom, Tom, I almost said Tom Holland. I mean, maybe Tom Holland, but uh, I mean, Tom Hardy. You, your preference is to Peter Parker Spider-Man, or Peter Parker Venom. It and is, yeah. I feel, well, I mean, I just love Peter Parker more than I love Eddie Brock. And I think that Peter Parker is a more interesting character to fight the symbiote because, yeah. like, again, it's like a loss of agency there where, like, you're used to, like, he is very much a person who does care if people get hurt. And I feel like, 
Eddie Brock does in the sense that he's like the he's the protector half of the lethal protector but he also like is like he's pretty chill he's like oh I just smothered that guy with my big venom titties or oops I just ripped off his arm when I meant to give him a high five we'll get him next time Eddie and I feel like there's there's a lot higher stakes for Peter Parker and Peter Parker has a lot more like established characters around him that like right. if he is possessed by a scary goo monster like that I feel like it's more of a loss like I think I just want a venom comic that has consequence and I right. just, I just want synth music. I just again want that. <laughs> I want it, and I want, I want MJ to have like a really good like scream. I want her to hide in the closet with a hanger. Like, I want her to just be my final girl. Okay, who would write the book uh, and draw the book, and who would direct the movie? And if you could cast the movie, if you have any ideas, you don't have to have ideas, but like your perfect '80s Venom movie, who would you cast? Oh, Lord. 80s themed. 80s themed. It doesn't have to be an 80s cast. So it can be, but if it is a comic book, I really would love Jodie Hauser to write it. I think that her work on um, Mother Panic is really wonderful and, like, really horrific in a way that is, like, subtle. I feel like she could really knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, my, my two suggestions for art were either Trad Moore, who did the most recent Venom article, uh, Venom article, Venom annual, um, and it has the, the Venom annual, the most recent one, it was amazing. And it like has like Eddie Brock, like vomiting the symbiote up and it's like, has like blood everywhere. It's a very, very like kind of my like, what, like body poor Cronenberg Venom. Um, and so I'm into that. And then uh, maybe Annie Wu, who I just feel like she has really lot like dark and like kind of scratchy lines. And I feel like um, her art would, would, would nail it. Um, nice. And if it was a um, movie, um, I, uh, I, my suggestion was Jennifer Kent, who directed The Babadook, which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time, which, like, it's arguably, like, it's definitely a scary movie, but they, it does a lot of stuff that, like, a lot of horror movies fail to do. Like, it's about more than just, like, the scary monster, which I feel like is like, what makes a good horror story. And that ultimately is, like, you know, that's what Venom is. Like, the reason that Venom is scary is not necessarily, I mean, it, it makes you a giant monster with, like, teeth and goo and there's like the body horror element but it also just makes you the worst version of yourself or the version that you would be if you were unchecked and I feel like like I feel like again like Peter Parker is a really interesting character for Venom because like Eddie Brock is already a dick that you kind of expect but like if you read a lot of 80s comics and like a lot of Spider-Man comics in general I feel like Peter has a really bad temper that we don't get to see a lot um yeah like there's this really great I can't remember who it's written by but it's like a three issue arc and it's like Electro light up the night and basically Peter of course spends the entire the entire issue getting yelled at by Jameson. He's like hosting this big charity gala. And at the end of the gala, Peter just like loses his temper and dumps the punch bowl on top of Jameson's head, which like, on the I one mean, hand, same, but on the one hand, same, like I get it. But also it's like, there, there are things like that, especially from the older comics, like in the clone saga, he like slaps Mary Jane. Like there are times where he like loses his temper and is like really kind of a, a freaky dude. And I feel like, that to me is a lot again like there's a higher stakes there of like this this man who is usually very gentle and very kind and very like I want to do well for everyone kind of losing that and being being scary also you could give it to 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 like Silk or to Gwen Gwen would be a great Venom I think not not Gwen I'm just like Venom um and I feel like that would be you know you know what I want I want a lady Venom who doesn't have giant titties I'm gonna talk about this for the rest of the episode I'm sorry that's what oh, I'm let's not do that. <laughs> I, I'm going to get, like, I don't care if you give me any comic where Venom is a woman but is still, like, a giant, muscly monster. 
Because they're aliens. Like, it doesn't make sense to me that when they get beef and buff, and, like, it's like, oh, all the ladies have hair. Like, what? Right. What are you it's doing? Dumb. That, I think, well, is my number one pet peeve. You know, it's that, gross, it's that gross male gaze thing of, like, needing to keep her looking fe- feminine and pretty, even though she's got a monster face. Oh, no. Absolutely not. Like, make her buff. Like, Venom yeah. is already canonically a mother. Like, let, let's just have her be, like big and tough that's the other thing i want i just want a book about venom as venom being a struggling single mother trying to raise carnage yes just like going to the pta meetings like my baby got f on report card and that's what i want <laughs> i'll all right back all the Perfect. rest of it i just want that and then if it's so- uh, uh my casting is always uh Jake Gyllenhaal is the Spider-Man we always deserve but never got and Rihanna is the Mary Jane that we deserve and and have not gotten either. Amazing. Perfect. Perfect. Castings. I like Woody yeah. Harrelson as Carnage too. I think that's a great casting. That is great. I agree. I hope we get that. I hope yeah, that's a dream that we all deserve. That would be fuck. That oh man, that would have been a way better movie with like Jake Gyllenhaal Spider-Man. Right? And then Woody Harrelson is Carnage. Oof, oof, oof. Oh, man. God damn like, it. Jake Gyllenhaal, too, does, like, a really good, really solid, like... like unhinged. Unhinged, yeah. Like, I like if you could do, like, like Nightcrawler... That's why I love I love uh, Jake Gyllenhaal Spider-Man, because you got, you, got you got a Jake for every iteration of Spidey. It's great. You really do. You have, you know, really good, like, Bubble Boy era is, like, real dumb early Spidey. And then you've got, like... Like Zodiac, Brokeback Mountain, like young, like, like young stud, it's just like heartthrob, and then you kind of get like older, like rough, like um, um oh, uh, like Southpaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, like, no, Southpaw is like no, it's like more Venom. Yeah, but like yeah, well, like Enemy or yeah. like um that weird fucking Tom Ford movie, uh, um, Nocturnal Creatures, Nocturnal Yes. Animals. Nocturnal animals, yeah, where it was like where he's just like a dad with a beard. <sighs> yeah. Shit. Alright, so before I get stuck on Yake Gyllenhaal for the rest of the night, <laughs> we're gonna move on. We're gonna move on. We're gonna move All right. right. Um, okay. So, so the, the only not spider the, I'm, I, we need to take a break, um, but the only not Spider-Man related thing on my list was um uh, a Midnighter and Apollo movie, um, which I desperately want. Um, yes. I, I desperately would love an authority movie, but if I was given, I like don't know who I would actually cast in an authority movie. I would want mostly unknowns, I think. Um, I, and I think it would be great, but I also like, I don't really love movies that are 100% CGI. And I feel like the authority, because everything they fight is like, it's a spaceship. It's a whale in space. The sun's on fire. There's a man in the sun coming down to kill us. And like, all of that stuff would have to be, like, 100% CGI, so I didn't really think that through. I would give an arm and a leg and my Venom comic for a really good Midnighter movie. Like, yeah, but, I mean, if yeah, the authority maybe is harder to do if you want to stay away from CGI stuff. But, like, if you wanted to... I don't to- think the authority is just a bummer of a comic. I don't think that... Right. Oh, like, there's, I love the authority. It is one of my favorite superhero comics, but especially the, the tail end of it, I feel like, would not be fun, a fun, uplifting movie to watch. We're like, no, to see Midnighter having a good old time. Right. Time. Well, that's why, you know, you could go more the direction of, like, Apollo and Midnighter, Steve Orlando era, 
where it's like you you know how you mentioned last night how you want it to be like a rom-com but with heavy heavy violence right so i feel like for anybody who does not know authority or does not know like midnight or apollo the authority is like like superheroes who who kill and who are very tough and who blah 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 and they were like every single thing that they fought um uh were was like a world ending like literally like every time they had to face something it was like also a million people just died in in the southern hemisphere because this in time because it's too big um and that kind of thing um they were part of the wildstorm universe which was like jim lee's kind of imprint under dc that was like much more grown up and it was like them and planetary and um uh, Stormwatch kind of all rolled into one uh, universe, and then that folded and beca- like became part of the New Fifty Two. And very few of those characters made it over, but Midnighter and Apollo and a few members of the Authority were like such like kind of like the Batman and Superman um, archetypes and like such popular characters that they were some of the ones that actually survived and made it into the New Fifty Two. Um, Apollo's powers are—he's basically they're basically Batman and Superman. They just are in love with each other and married and have a kid. Um, and in the New 52, they are not married and they don't have a kid, but Apollo uh, can shoot light. He's like Superman. He's really strong. He's powered by the sun. And Midnighter is kind of Batman-y where that he's like a kind of BDSM shtick, like leather daddy. Um, and he has a computer in his brain that lets him see the outcome of any fight like a hundred times before it happens. So you basically can't out- um, And he has like a great monologue that he always gives and, and whatever. Um, and in the comics, they are like they end up together because they're part of this like larger like government experimented on team who's supposed to go and they find out that they were used to uncover something kind of horrific by the government everybody else on the team dies and midnighter is able to save apollo but nobody else and then they end up on the run from the man who created them um for a really long time and they like fall in love on the run and blah 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 and they're together for like three years before they are able to like they they meet up with stormwatch which was another title and then kind of go from there and boy, howdy, did the new 52 just not not go with any of that, any of that content. They said, I will not take that content. No, thank you. I would like to make my own. Um, and basically, they're... To be fair, though, the new 52 did that with literally everybody. Like, oh, everything no, about the new 52 it. was like, no, I know. I'm just, I'm just I... saying that, like, the new 52, by and large, was a lot of just like, rough. let's fuck it. It was just rough. Um, from <clears> costumes <throat> to everything, like Midnighter's costume in the New Fifty Two, he has like this weird chin that spike. Stupid chin spike. Oh my god! <laughs> they tried to like they tried to be like, no, it's so he can stab people with his chin. Um, and no, it's just because he spent far too much time at Hot Topic in the nineties. It's 90s. Just really rough. It's not great. And so they um they like in the new 52 they basically like they meet because they both join like um stormwatch is like uh it's like the authority is stormwatch it's like this weird they just basically rename yeah. the game they're on a spaceship and again they're like fighting specifically alien threats and they're like oh well, we got to go for apollo and for some reason midnighter is also there and he like ends up joining the team and apollo's about to quit and midnighter knows that they need him there and he literally like gets him to stay on the team like I am also gay. We could probably bone. Like, it's just, like, this really weird forced thing where, like, in the in the original comics, it's like they have this relationship that's built out of them, like, having been together through all this trauma and, like, all these things. They've been on the run. They've been each other's, like, only thing for all of these years. And in the New 52, it's essentially, like, well, we are the only two gays on the space station, so what are you going to do? <laughs> Which... 
and I too am the only gay I I don't know that I have ever been excited to choose a partner based on proximity which I mean is sometimes you know sometimes that's what you got to do sometimes you are the one of the only two gays on the space station but it's just like I just really want again like I really want a movie that kind of goes back to that original roots of like like it, it can even be like the current Steve Orlando run where he's like broken up with Apollo and is just kind of living his life and like having a lot of sex with a lot of handsome men and like hitting on Dick Grayson and <laughs> about his business. You know it sells me as soon as you bring up Dick Grayson. I know. I got into Midnighter <laughs> specifically because Kelsey was like, I desperately need you to read Grayson and like get into the Batman family. Batman, I like could not give two shits about Batman. I'm one of three people on the planet who doesn't give a shit about Batman. And she was like, you have to get into Batman. Please read, please read Grayson. Um, and I did. And I was like, okay, but who is this gentleman in the corner? <laughs> Who's murder Batman? Who I keeps looking love, at Dick's ass. I would love murder leather daddy. Thank you. Thank you, sir. May I have another? That was 100% my speed. And so I, I, I mainlined <laughs> all of the authority within like two weeks. It's very good. Yeah, and uh, it took you months to finish Grayson. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, it's fine. No judgment. You did finish it, and that's what matters to me. So we did eventually get there. Yeah. And, you know, once we spun, hey, once we spun Batman for you as a single mother of six kids who's just doing his best, like, you started to warm up a little bit to the mother I bat. Love- my my appreciation for any character like any like try hard like like super tough character is like immensely improved if i can just call her a mother and be like she's like venom is a mother she has she's raising her single child batman is a mother he has six children like i just care so much more if they can be a sweet mother bat yeah and you know i already i have already declared that i will now exclusively exclusively refer to batman as mother bat and everyone is welcome to fight me that's it that's what she is she's a beautiful mother she's a beautiful mother bat stella luna absolutely stella Stella luna Luna. okay and then um peter parker bad husband the gay oh this one's the best one okay this is my favorite one like literally i this is my favorite thing that you have ever said to me ever okay besides the up the butt thing I have been playing a lot of, or, like, kind of getting into a lot of Detroit Become Human, which is, like, the latest um, Batman, oh, my God, Batman, the latest video game sensation that is sweeping the the youth culture. Um, And basically, it is... I can't believe you didn't do the rhyme. The latest video game sensation sweeping the nation. I I wasn't going to go there. It's the youth. It's not the nation. Damn it. My mom ain't playing Detroit. What are we even doing here? Forget it. But it's so like it's basically this game where you play as like like you're uh, it's an android uprising essentially. Um, there there are androids and they are becoming human. They're becoming sentient. You play as like one of three android characters that kind of cycles with the story. And instead of being like a traditional kind of like running around like third person shooter or third person like exploratory game, you're given like choices and you make choices. Um, and there there are some like you know like hot button controls or whatever. But like you make choices and then those choices determine your outcome and the the stick of the game is that there's like like hundreds and hundreds of different outcomes you can have based on these like tiny choices and making one choices can drastically affect the ending and like the path that you take in the game it's super cool yeah. it's like it kind of plays off of that whole like your choices make you human the things that you do like define who you are blah 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 and i so am i'm so excited for the new spider-man game that's coming out where he has like the cool white suit 
so stoked for it. But I really wish that it was a decision-making game. And the premise of the game specifically is to show you what a bad husband you are to your beautiful, <laughs> beautiful newlywed wife, Mary Jane. So, like, in this game, we start off, you, are, you have just been married. Uh, and, like, it can start with, like, you're carrying your beautiful wife, Mary Jane, over the threshold to your apartment that she is paying for out of the money from her soap opera that she is working very in hard the, on. In the dress she bought herself. Husband. A dress she bought herself that she probably took off of one of her, like, photo shoots because you guys are tight on money because you constantly have to go to urgent care because your nose got broken by Rhino again. Like, I just feel like I want a game where, like, you are you are forced to make the decisions that Peter Parker makes in, especially in, like, the, like, like late 80s, early 90s comics where, like, their marriage is, like, where they are heavily married and, like, most of his decisions are like, I have to go fight crime. Sorry, I can't come home for dinner again, MJ. And I want at the end of the game to be that your wife packs her bags and leaves you if you make the wrong choices and ignore her for the whole game. <laughs> I want that to be your reward for being Spider-Man. It makes It'll me... So, it's one more day except for Mary Jane fucking pieces out. Exactly. Like, <laughs> nobody has to make a stupid deal with the devil. Nobody has to have their baby magically aborted. Nobody shoots Aunt May. Like, you just, she just leaves you I mean, you're a bad, unsupportive partner. To be fair, MJ could shoot Aunt May. Like, <laughs> MJ could just be you. like, this fucking old bitch. <clears throat> That's desperately what I want. That's absolutely what I want. Which, like, like from, from an actual, like, like, content, like, good, positive content standpoint, I think that that'd be really fun, like, as a Spider-Man game, period, because I feel like so many of Spider-Man comics are him, like, having to balance all of these choices, right? So, like, it's not just right. your it's, like, do I go to work at the Bugle to pay my bills? Do I fight crime? Do I fight this crime over here? Do I team up with Daredevil? Do I blah, 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 blah? Do I go home to my beautiful, beloved wife? And I feel like that would really emphasize, like, these decisions that you're making and, like, make it, like, how hard it is to actually be Spider-Man, to, like, always be making these right decisions where, like, the right decision that helps other people is always going to punish you in the game and you have to decide whether or not you're going to do it anyway. Right. So, like, that, on the one hand, is, like, already, I feel like, an interesting thing. And then, also, you could just make decisions, like, I'm going to take my wife out for a nice steak dinner because she deserves it. I'm going to stop, uh, I'm going to stop at home and get her some flowers and then listen to her talk about her day because even though I'm Spider-Man, uh, as my partner, her interests are just as important and valid as my own. Uh, and then I'm, instead of going out immediately, I'm going to eat her out for a half hour and then uh, we're just going to spoon. <laughs> I don't need anything back in return because sometimes that's what it takes to be a real hero. You know, you just give. Right. Give, sometimes, give. sometimes being a, being a hero it's just eating out your wife. Just eating out your beautiful, beautiful wife, Mary Jane Watson. And that you do not deserve. You absolutely don't deserve. Absolutely not. But then she would love you because you you support her and you make make choices for her. I feel like my number one, like, my my litmus test for whether or not I'm going to like somebody is whether or not they respect. Nobody in Marvel is disrespected the way that Mary Jane Watson is respected. Like, not even Gwen Stacy. Yeah. At least Gwen Stacy, like, she got her next. She got out. She got out. <laughs> She, like, she got She's out. She's free. And then she came back, and now she has, like, ten comics, and everybody, everybody, you know, she gets to be a spider person. What did MJ get? Nada. Zip. She got, she got she to go marry Peter. Horrible. She got to hang out with fucking Tony, who is, like, seriously worse. Honestly. Like, it's, like, not, it's not worth it. I mean, so that, she did. 
She did get to run Stark Industries for a while. I honestly don't think that there's it's a piece pretty of boss. Content, a content with Mary Jane Watson that if you gave it to me, I would be like, no, thank you. Like, literally anything with her in it, I would be down for. That's my bud- my no-budget dream is, like, just, like, let MJ have any, like, literally anything. Video games, they're for it. Uh, yeah. An MJ-centric comic, they're for it. Yeah. A movie, they're for it. So, like, a movie... Like, when you were talking about it yesterday, the movie, like, based off of, like, Mary Jane Loves Spider-Man would yes, be I want, I want adorable. I would yeah. love a movie based off of Mary Jane. I feel like we are having a moment with, like, teenage girls. Like, a, like eighth grade just came out. Lady Bird was a big hit. Like, give me, like, teenage Mary Jane having her problems at home and then also having a little crush on Spider-Man. Like, I would love that. I would eat that up. Yeah. She's great. Uh- have I ever told you the story of watching the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire uh, with my uncle? No. And, I mean, it's not a weird story. It's just funny because we're talking about Mary Jane. And, like, he – so there's, like, that part, like, right – right, like, they're talking over the fence of at the – you know, like, she's taking out the trash or whatever and just had a fight with her shitty abusive dad – and then, like, he's taking out the trash, and they're, like, talking a- across the fence to each other. And he's, like, he goes, what are you going to do after high school? And then my uncle, before, like, over Kirsten Dunst, goes, date a spider. <laughs> and it fucking killed me, because I was, like, god damn it, do you, did, do you know, do you know that, like, her whole life, her beautiful career and her beautiful everything is defined by I married Spider-Man. <laughs> Honestly. It makes me mad too because like even when they let her get away from that, they always pull her back in. Like there's um this like little arc called Redheaded Stranger, and it's basically after one more day they break up and she goes to like Miami or she I think she goes to LA and she's like acting in some like like C or D list movies and she's like dating this other actor who gets into trouble because he wants to buff up to play Steve Rogers in, like, a movie about Captain America, but he has to take, like, mutant growth hormone to do it. And then um, White Rabbit and some thugs, like, crash a gala to get, like... Jeez, calm down, Chris Evans. I know, honestly. And so, um... And and she's put in this position where it's, like, she's mad at Peter, and she's, like, mad at him for, like, ruining their marriage. But then, like, throughout the course of the comic, it's, like... He was kind of right all along because she's pushed into this position where she has to make the right call. And, like, he, he says something to her, like, one day you'll have to make the decision between, like, going home and, and to your beautiful wife and eating her out for an hour. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> or going out and fighting crime. And, of course, she has to go and she, like, stops the, the thing that's happening at the gala instead of running away, which is, like, great, good for her. But it's also, like, can we just acknowledge that he is a bad husband? That's all that I want. It makes me so angry as a woman who reads these comics to be, like, where she's always the bad guy. Because, like, that's also a really hard position to put your partner in. Like, if you... Right. If you're just, like, I mean, I guess I could stay in with you, honey, but you would be murdering all these people because I need to be out there being Spider-Man. Like, that's such, such a hard thing. Like, that's a hard ask. Like Right. It's, like, oh, cool. You're putting our date night up against the stakes of, like, 700 children oh, like, dying. Like, right, right. That's that's not even remotely fair. Right. Right. And so that bumps me. That's how I, I always like that's my one hundred percent my witness test is if people don't like Mary Jane Watson, I'm like, I I don't think that we are going to fundamentally get along as human beings. I think that our moral yeah. the things that we value very different. Just hate in my heart. I just want her I just want her to succeed and to thrive and to grow. That's a beautiful um, 
It's a beautiful sen- sentiment. And I think it's a wonderful note to wrap it up on. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So Unless- that's my no, my no budget dream. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate of it. Of course. Do you have anything that you want to pitch to the people or plug for the world? I do. Is it rude to pu- plug a, a neighboring podcast on your podcast? Absolutely not. It is not. Oh, great. My sister, Caitlin McKenzie, um, she runs a very, very funny uh, horror podcast called Scream Girls, along with her co-host, Kelly Goff. Um, and they uh, watch and then give you heavy reviews for uh, bad horror, good horror, all kinds of horror, old horror, new horror. Um, and if you're the kind of person who, like, who sometimes gets too spooked to watch scary movies, this is a perfect podcast. You don't have to watch them. It's, it's basically the podcast equivalent of, like, reading a Wikipedia article for the horror, and they always have some, some blistering hot takes, um, just, just, like, just like us on this podcast. So if you like this, I think you'd probably like them. All right. Perfect. And it's called? Uh, Scream Girls. And you can Scream follow Girls. them on social media at Scream Girls Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Perfect. Uh, well, thanks for the rec, and thanks for taking the take. Third time's I'm so charm. sorry. I'm so sorry that I was so rude to Donny Cates. I was like inexcusably rude about that comic. It was literally me spewing hateful, horrible things for about 30 minutes. That's okay. It happens because it'll have it happens. And you know, at least it's not if you asked me to talk about Dan Slot, I I know. would like to apologize for Donny Cates. I I I mean I'm ne- I'm never gonna meet him. He's never gonna meet yeah. me. Just he he will never listen to this podcast. But now that I've said the name Dan Slot three times, I'm now gonna be cursed. Well, you're, he's gonna show up behind you in the mirror like Beetlejuice. Yeah, no, it's like he's fucking Candyman. He's just gonna show up and <laughs> fucking fat ass out of my mirror, and that's not nice. I shouldn't make fun of him being. There are plenty of other things to be rude to Dan Slot about other than his weight. I mean. I feel like, though, Dan Slott would attack my weight, so That's I don't fair. feel 100% bad about it. So, you know, any, listen, any other person in the world, I wouldn't. Him, I, I think all bets are off. I feel like that's just, that's a trap. That's it. That's, that's letting Dan Slott win. Is that's it? The, you gotta, you gotta just. My my true no budget dream is I want to get really buffed so that I can arm wrestle Dan Slot and like when I arm wrestle him it'll be like the evil is defeated and then I get to take over the Spider Man title and it one hundred well now you have to fight Nick Spencer which is easy so yeah I feel like I could take Nick Spencer now well I mean you're taller than he is that's true but again we can't you don't don't disparage I'm not I'm not disparaging him I'm saying that is legitimately that you are taller than him I'm not true. That's all. I did not say anything one way or the other. Well, all right. I'll arm wrestle everyone for Mary Jane Watson. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Have a great night. Thank you, you too. Guys. Bye. I'm sorry if I look like a phone call. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>
just a little bit of housekeeping. This is going to be a bi-weekly podcast, so check the next episode two weeks from today. And I do have some social media now, so if you want to shout at me on Twitter, feel free to at me at NoBudgetDreams. If you want to see the dumb little graphics that I'm creating around every episode on Instagram at NoBudgetDreamsPod. And if you want to send me some feedback or pitch your own No Budget Dream, maybe I'll read it on the show and do an episode of, of Listener No Budget Dreams. You can send that over to me at NoBudgetDreamsPod at gmail.com. That being said, it is a podcast, so I am going to ask you to rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, send a smoke signal, whatever you can do to get me some followers so I can enjoy the spoils of doing a podcast and maybe have five or six fans out there that aren't my friends. That being said, I'm Kelsey Nicole, and thanks for coming on this journey with me.